Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, and today we have A.K. Iquacor, who is a coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a dad doing amazing things in the industry. So he's going to be sharing his stories of his adventures and misadventures. But before we jump into your stories, A.K., tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, where it all started. Um. What's up, Georgia? I just want to say excited to be on the show, uh, first and foremost. And I like the misadventures because there's been so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a learning process. But um, for me, I actually am the first generation in the United States. I'm a Nigerian-American. My parents moved here from Nigeria in 1976. And I came into this world in a team. Uh, I'm a triplet, so I actually have a triplet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a twin brother and a twin sister, and then I have three other brothers after that. So, and I'm the youngest. I'm like a baby in all of that. Big family. A big, a big family. And the funny thing is, I'm six foot three, six foot four, 220 pounds. So if anybody wants to know what that is, it's like, a, like an NFL wide receiver linebacker, and I'm the <laughs> smallest in my family. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so your parents were just like, we're just creating like the new new United States football team or something. Exactly, exactly. But I guess for me, why that's important, like I've always been a part of the team and sports has always been a big important element in my life. Um, I wasn't the best student. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I struggled in school, but sports gave me the opportunity to get a scholarship to run track and field at the University of Oregon. And so nice. I was able to you know, do sports there. And I would say my entrepreneurship journey actually started not from a company, but it actually started after tearing my ACL playing football for a year in college. And after I tore my ACL um, and playing sports, I was a four-time All-American in college in track and field and mm-hmm. played football. And at that moment, I was completely done with sports. I didn't mm-hmm. want to play it. I felt like I was just a number. <sighs> and what ended up happening was I ended up getting... Um, going to Rarotonga, this island off New Zealand for like a vacation. And at this moment, I was like 40 pounds overweight. I was not an athlete by any means. And somebody that was there, her name was Pete. He was a family friend of my girlfriend at the time. And he says, have you ever thought about training for the Olympics? (laughs) And and at that moment, I was like 40 pounds overweight. I was not looking Mm -hmm. like the, the elite level athlete. But that conversation really stuck with me. And I actually ended up the next year, losing all the weight, um, trying out for the Olympics, making the Olympic team for Nigeria, a mishap, political stuff happens, and I end up actually not going and watching the Olympics from home. It was like this lifelong journey that I, that I needed to get This adventure's starting already. <laughs> I'm only 19. I'm only 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that was, uh, I mean, the reason why I say I come to that entrepreneurship is because you know my brother he's an actor in hollywood i've mm-hmm. known and started you know several businesses as well but i believe that entrepreneurship is that moment when you make that decision I'm like hey i'm going to live life by my own 
purpose and my own vision mm-hmm. and what I want to create for the world. It doesn't always have to be a business. And so for me, my decision was my path was going one way and I decided I want to move it another different way. Mm. And that's when I decided my first entrepreneurship journey was actually training for the Olympics. And that led into working on education. And <laughs> that's just like kind of the first, the first element in the first part though. All right. So tell me about that journey a bit. You know, you say you're 40 pounds overweight. Somebody gave you this idea. So it's like they incepted this idea into your mind. And you're like, this new possibility opened up. Like I just exactly. got cut from a football team. How am I going to even be making the whole Olympics, which is even more like highlighted and like recognized? Like, what are you talking about? So what like shifted in your brain that made you say, I'm going to take a chance on this thing after, you know, kind of having experiencing that loss essentially. It was one of those moments where I knew where my path was going to go mm. if I said no. Mm-hmm, I was going to move to this small town, be <laughs> a profession I didn't really want to be. And I realized I didn't want that to be the path of my life. Mm. And I came to that moment where I made that decision. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train. There's only one opportunity. And when that kind of switched in my head, I had this happy mindset. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And so I literally was going into six hours a day, three hours a day of training and three hours a day of recovery and rehabilitation. Wow. <laughs> and that was for, you know, for, for six, for, what, for like a year of doing that. So I lost it, got to the smallest I've ever been, and I also ran the fastest times I've ever done mm. that year as well. Uh, was it easy? No, I think for the most part it was how do you – how do you stay consistent even when things are hard? Yeah. Right? And every single day I'd be waking up and like, I only got two options. It's either I'm going to quit or I'm going to keep on going. And to be honest, some days I said, I'm going to quit. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like sometimes I said, I'm done. I'm not no, going to do I'm it. done. I'm not going back out there. I don't care who says, nope, this is it. Um, and, okay. then, and then something get and then out something, there somehow. <laughs> and then something magically come, right? It might be this video I saw or this book I read or this person I had a conversation with that gets you right back in the grind. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes people feel as though motivation and inspiration is this thing that's always static for people that are successful. Like, no, sometimes we do get hit hard. Yeah. Sometimes we do question. Sometimes we don't know the direction to go. And it's always okay. I just got to do 1% better tomorrow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like that. Just doing 1% better tomorrow, which... I think a lot of us um, entrepreneurs in general, people kind of miss the point of, right? It doesn't have to be twice as better or twice as fast. It's just as long as I'm increasing by the smallest percent possible, you know, 1% each time, each day, then that's something. As long as I'm showing up, right? Even just showing up is that 1%, you know, being present is that 1% and just taking it one day at a time is essentially how you hit the goal because a lot of people, you know, will be shocked by that journey alone, like losing the 40 pounds and just being committed and dedicated to it, but not, but then through that, they'll forget the days that you just was like, Nope, this is not it. This is not, I'm done. I want to quit. But then again, like you said, something magical would happen. Um, And I, you know, a couple people on the show and I've experienced that as well, where the the idea of, and I forgot where I read it, but it was just like the idea of whatever you want, the world conspires for, the universe will consp- conspire for you to have it. I think that's the alchemist, if I'm not wrong. The alchemist, yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I'm about to say that. I know. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I remembered. I'm like, wait. Yeah, the alchemist. Yeah, I know exactly that. And, and, and that's so true because like deep down, like you, you, even though you were scared and you 
wanted to quit that day overall like the bigger want was to have this happen so it's like the universe conspired to say all right i'm gonna put this person in your path i'm gonna put this commercial on tv i'm gonna you know force you to give you that extra kick so that way you could actually get out there right completely agree and 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 with that at the same time i would also say motivation sometimes is also the number one thing that stops people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I find it odd that some of us have to wait to have this warm feeling inside of our body before we have to take action and move forward on something. Mm-hmm. You know, we some people don't like going to work, right? So some people are some people do things that they, that they hate will still do it. But yep. some people, even when they want to do it, <laughs> don't do it because of something called motivation. Like every single day we wake up and like I don't have to force myself to like brush my teeth or really get out of bed for the most part. But if we were to change our mindset mm-hmm. to not think I got to have this warm feeling inside before I take action instead of, okay, no, just remove it. Stop thinking about something too big or too small, right? Just think about just this, right? If I say I got to, you know, I have this big speaking engagement, what am I now telling myself? That it's like this big end goal versus like something that has, you know, it's a part of the path. I'm just getting on stage, right? If I say something big indirectly, I'm telling myself, this is going to be something harder, mm-hmm. more challenging. Right, you're putting these roadblocks in your way before you ever get started. Yep. You know. And then I like what you just said about like motivation is sometimes the biggest blocker. Um, I know when I was doing more so um, in-person events with my previous startup, people left. They were like super motivated, super excited, but then they failed to take action because that you know, like you said, that warm feeling that you get from the motivation sometimes like stops you from actually taking action because that feeling makes you feel like you've already gotten it right and i know you know coming from a nigerian background you've heard various um sayings that just mean the same thing of like don't count your eggs you know before they hatch like don't get ahead of yourself because a lot of people do that they'll see you know they'll get excited about an idea or they feel motivated to do something and then they'll go on social and then see other people doing it and that also you know has been a big blocker for folks when they see other people doing it in their head for some reason they feel like they're living that person's life right people watch reality tv because it's like oh and then they can mentally they build these relationships and bonds with these things and people and they feel like that's also their life and that's a part of their life when it's actually not and the funny thing is like the action taking action is going to bring you that warm feeling bring you that more energy um and sometimes taking action comes from a place of i don't really want to do this but i'm just gonna i know what i want and i know what path i want to be on so i'm just gonna do this thing see what happens um do it scared not with like a solid plan in hand but just knowing that in order for me to get going i just have to start somewhere um and not like sitting in the motivation like happiness bubble which i see too many people do too often they just sit there like yes i'm excited what are you going to do with that excitement like how are you going to change that into actionable things for you to get done exactly because we all know we all know (laughs) that after you get motivated something called life steps Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's also kind of with the book the alchemist is that if they're going to get like you're going to get to this beginner's luck Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Things are going to get in your way. Like, so how serious are you about this? Right? And it's about pushing through that. But I'll also say that when most people are motivated, what they do in terms of action sometimes is the wrong thing. Mm. Like, for example, I'm motivated. I want to, you know, it's New Year's, right? It's January 1st. I want to get in shape. And so what do people do? They go out and they start running. Or they might start doing push-ups. Instead, what they should be doing 
is what, when you have that motivation, what can you do as an action that will remain, maintain those efforts even when life steps in the way and you're no longer motivated? It may yeah. be, hey, I'm motivated, don't work out. As a matter of fact, what I want you to do is get an accountability partner and sign up for a program for the next 30 days, right? Or it might be, hey, I'm now motivated to like start speaking. Like, no, 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 what you need to do is what can you do to make sure that you maybe reach out to this gig and book this gig? So mm. you now know that you're gonna stay motivated even when life steps in the way. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And so let's get back on your journey now here. <laughs> entrepreneurial journey and misadventures so after you you know like you said the political stuff and a lot of stuff happened why you didn't um, participate in the 2008 olympics what happened after that right now so you did all this work right you had this goal you you, know, you committed to the idea you put in the work to make the idea become a reality and now you're at home watching the olympics what how are you feeling at this point and what did you start to do next uh pretty crappy uh, <laughs> of course, I, I felt as good as anybody <laughs> had this lifelong dream and was watching it from home. Like I know that feeling of having it mm -hmm. and then having it go away. Like I was on the plane calling my family. Like I made it, and everybody was like super excited. And so I think at the beginning it was the same thing that I was being congratulated for my whole entire life was athletics. That's all I knew. Mm -hmm. Uh, was now no longer like, a part of me. It was a, it was a loss of identity. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly like 2008 because that was a, a tough year for me. So a lot of that stuff I kind of I kind of you know, blocked out. Um, I continued to run for a few a few different years, and you know I was able to get back the next the next year like in terms of some bigger time championships. And it was really with me what I feel in terms of entrepreneurship even within this this journey it is almost like i was drowning mm. the metaphor i was drowning and like i didn't know what to do so i'd be kind of reach for this 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 plank and i'd get up and i'd be floating on this ocean right and then also i feel i can breathe again and all of a sudden would you know the plank would break and i fall back down and start swimming again so now, it's the like cycle yeah. it was a cycle mm. what i didn't realize that was happening as i was still trying to find my direction even though it was all over the place I was still building tiny little muscles through the process, mm. right? And as I was, you know, building those tiny little muscles and I was able to find that plank, I was able to find that thing when I was able to hold on, I realized that I was actually wasn't in a bad place as much as I thought I was. And it took that rock bottom moment to realize it was no longer about excuses. There was a lot of self-reflection, you know? And when I look back on it, the reason why I find this Olympic story and there's other, there's been three times I've hit rock bottom like this. <laughs> Just, that was not even, is fun. That, 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 that wasn't even the worst one. Uh, but when it came down to it, what I realized at the end of the day was I have friends that made the Olympics. And for example, my co-founder from my companies, he, he made that Olympics and he woke up the next day and he was expecting that the whole world was going to be different. He woke <laughs> up like, oh, no, no, no. I got the Olympics. Now what? Life was the same. And so what did he do? He's like, you know what I need? I need a second Olympics. <laughs> so he trained again, got the 2012 Olympics, woke up, life is still the same. Mm -hmm. And it's that day after effect, right? We're always in this journey with this entrepreneurship journey. Where we're always chasing for something. And then we get there, we wake up and realize, oh, I still feel the same. I still 
<laughs> we're over the same. Like, like what next now and also like a little bit of what next like th- this is what i was like crazy about like i want more like there's more to it right and it, but through all of that it came to be one of the biggest life lessons i took away from that was by me making the olympics in some ways that would have became my identity mm. more. right and it would have been like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my whole life mission, and I did it. But you don't realize a lot of those people that I know that did, it's harder for them to break away from that and find themselves outside of that. Yep. So for me, by not making it, by getting so close, I was like, no, no, no. Because what was happening at that same time, I was like, hey, I want to do some work with Nike in some other different ways. And I said, no, the only way I'm going to be able to do this is when I become. Mm. I mean, the only time I'm going to be able to do this is when I get this. And I was never actually making the moves that I needed to. And so in some ways, it was actually a bigger blocker than it was for me, an actual success or achievement. Because I was waiting for this before I do X, Y, Z. Yeah, so it was like holding you back. So some of those things you could have went after and like mm-hmm. achieved, but you felt like without this like status, without this like accomplishment, you wouldn't get it. And that happens a lot, especially in like the educational system where it's like, I can't do this if I don't have this type of degree, if I don't have a master's, if I don't have a PhD. And then, you know, sadly, we see a lot of people in debt and then it's still, they don't feel like they've been educated enough. And I felt that before where it's just like, if I don't have this experience, if I didn't do that job, I can't, I'm not good enough for X, Y, Z. And then you see this other person coming along and they have none of the prerequisites, <laughs> none of the experience. And they're like, Hey, can I have that? And the other, the company's like, yeah, sure. Here it is. And you're like, why did I get it? Like, well, you never asked. There wasn't exactly. Like- you didn't put the asking. You didn't pursue this because you thought you needed all this extra stuff. And for whatever reason, whether it was ignorance or whether it was just like lack of knowing or just being, you know, shooting their shot, the other person got access to that opportunity. And that's why like one of my methodologies, like you always shoot your shot, even if you don't think you're good enough yet, or there's ways to go. Like you just, you just don't know. And if you fail now, you'll still have like an opportunity to revamp that and try again or try a different opportunity. But if you're not trying, then there's nothing to fail at, or there's, there's also nothing to win at. So that's the next side of it that people often forget. Oh, what if I fail? What if I fail? What if you don't? Exactly. And if you do, it is whatever. My brother, he's an actor in Hollywood. I did some acting there as well. And that is an industry that is ruthless. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because it is, you are literally going to these auditions every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the business sector where there's like, um, like discrimination, like laws. Here is, we are looking for a six foot three black male. (laughs) <laughs> that has dreadlocks. <laughs> like, if you're white or this, like we don't want you. Like mm-hmm. they're open about that. And the funny thing is, you will go into that room, and you're like, dude, I'm the only one. I did track. Some, I remember a gig I had. I was like, they're looking for a track and field athlete that runs this event and has this build. Like, that is exactly me. I have this. I walk into the room, and what do I see? A hundred other people that fit that profile. <laughs> And some people are like, that dude looks more legit than I do. <laughs> right? But the reason I bring that up is because what are you going to do? You're going to walk away? Or are you still going to go into that interview? Exactly. You're still going to put it in. And for them, they don't even tell if you got it or not. It is you just don't get a phone call back. <laughs> there's no, there's no, they're like, hey, I just want to let you know you didn't get an interview, but we're going to let you know, you know, we don't want you. Like, you just don't know. They may even tell you, Hey, amazing, amazing audition, the best you've seen. And you get excited, right? 
But the reason why I bring that up as well is because sometimes we have these boxes or these blocks that we put on ourselves. Oh, it's because of this. Mm-hmm. My gender, it's because of my race, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of my job, or whatever it needs to be, that ends up happening. It's not even taking that shot to begin with. Yep. And yes, we may have to take this shot. It may have to be double or triple the amount. But by not taking it, you're now just guaranteed you're not going to have that opportunity. Exactly. You disqualified yourself before even taking a chance because, like you said, even with you know a hundred other guys like meeting the same description and same criteria as you and some other folks might like you said look even more legit they might just like your vibe your or and you're the one that gets the call back but if you walk into the room and like oh everyone's here is better than me and i don't think i have a shot and then leave the room you'd never know what could have happened what should have happened and just again you disqualify yourself even before starting in the race like too often I see people do that. Oh, there's enough companies in that industry. There's enough startups in that field. That other startup got a million dollars. But your idea is unique to you. Your business plan is unique to you. But your the way you're going to execute it is going to be completely different from how somebody's executing the same idea, the same um, industry, the same whatever you have. But you have to try. And then if it doesn't work, it again, it's always a lesson. But if it does you wouldn't have known because you just didn't even go out there and take the effort to see what happens. But that also goes to a piece about how we are defining our success. Mm. Right? Even if you do fail, you didn't really fail. There's so many different muscles that you were able to learn and build and grow through that process. Right? It's almost like saying, why does Burger King exist? Why does Wendy's exist? Why does Five Guys exist? McDonald's existed first. Exactly. Right. And so for you, if those people are like, well, there's already this company out there, like, okay, maybe you're just doing this for your own personal development, but those companies still started off with an idea as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And then like going on, going on that example that you're giving, I, that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I started this show here, like doing the most of Mrs. Adventures, because a lot of folks would just assume that it's, you know, we were seeing like this old stigma around like the overnight success. Like we'd hear these big um, speakers come on and talk about their, their journey and it would mostly be the nice parts about it, right? It'll mostly be the shining stuff, the wins. And I'm just like, there's no way you're winning that consistently. And, you yeah. know, for whatever press reasons or public speaking, like people just, you know, they'll tell one of the like really hard, tough stories and forget to tell all the other 102 tough stories. And even if they had like 14 amazing stories, it's like, I'll tell one tough story and then 14 amazing ones that came out of that tough one, forgetting to tell the other 150 tough ones that really gave you those 14 wins. And then people's ideas of what it looked like to be an entrepreneur or just, you know, a person in like this modern world that we existed in where technology is moving at a mile a minute. And, you know, how, how are we not more aware of, no, this person didn't win like that. It was like 10, eight years of, misses before they finally got into that one um thing that actually worked and then they replicated that one thing and then other people sold their idea but then they still came back and they still bounced back and they figured it out so that is like been a big blocker and a, a, a big thing where people don't realize like the true story behind it and then they feel like okay if i have more failures and successes that means i am not successful which is not true well not even true and it's you know when i think about that i think a lot about about ego <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Because let's say somebody did, let's say somebody got a million dollars and they got seed funding in, in a week. Cool. What, is, what, does that, what does that mean about your journey? Mm. 
right? Because that individual got that means you're just going to quit. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the <laughs> answer. Your idea, like because of that factor, yeah, people have, you know, different privileges. People have different opportunities, whatever it needs to be, right? And I think one of the things that we also, I mean, that's really important is our journey didn't start the day that we decided to put in that, you know, that, 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 that application to become an LLC or a C Corp. Right. Our whole lived experience has to do with that. Yeah. Right? Walking on the scene that came in, it might have been, hey, he had some really strong relationships by the time he, he asked for that million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. And we think of it as, like you said, the easy stuff is like, oh, he just got this, but not realizing that just because he got that million dollars does not mean that life is now easier. He now is now he's now is responsible to a lot of VCs or some other people that are going to say, Hey, you have to make this money back rather than that other individual that has a mom and pop shop that able to see their family and hang out. Mm-hmm. We live in this world where we think that entrepreneurship or a company is the next Google, but a company is just as much of the company as a mom and pop shop, the person selling lemonade on the stand, or even that big behemoth of a company. They're all companies. Yep. It all depends on your lifestyle design and your journey. So for me, I have no desire to make a company as big as Google. <laughs> My biggest, the thing that drives me is freedom. I like the ability to do multiple different things. I've learned so much from the company that I consulted with and started with that I'm able to, been for six years, been able to work from my phone. Yep. That is my lifestyle design. So if somebody says, hey, AK, I'm going to pay you $10 million to work in an office every single day. I'm like, no, I do not want that <laughs> at all. That is not part of my lifestyle design. Um, my lifestyle design is my ability to do this from all parts of the world. And I've been lucky to be able to do that. That's great. And I love that you're looking at it that way. So I want to start shifting gears into the second part of the conversation and talk about your, we're going to talk about your biggest entrepreneurial misadventure. And then we're going to start talking about your current company that you're working on elite. So tell me out of a lot, all these things that have happened, you know, what would you define as like, and we've heard a little bit of the uh, misadventure so far, but what would you define as like one of the biggest um, misadventures that happened as an entrepreneur? Okay. (laughs) So the reason why the story of the Olympics is important is because in 2016, Olympic year, uh, I was going back to say, I'm going to do and try this Olympics. And at the same time, uh, I started this company called Empower to Play, and we we're doing sports diplomacy with the U.S. government, and we we're going to use VR technology to connect the world. And this particular project was going to happen in Cicely, Haiti, and uh, we we're going to do this sports diplomacy camp. And so in my mind, I was like, my whole world is going to change. I'm going to win this ESPY, my whole thing, right? This chasing. But I had to make a decision between one or the other, either the Olympics or the sports diplomacy initiative with the U.S. government. I decided to pick the sports diplomacy initiative. So that also meant I was saying goodbye to what? My Olympic opportunities. Yep. And so when you're going through the preparation with my team, um, everything is going well. And then when we got on the ground a week before the event, some things just weren't happening the way that we wanted it to. So for example, in preparation, everybody uh, was speaking English in preparation, but when we got there, everybody spoke French. I don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had, I, the funny thing is I barely speak, I only speak one language and I speak that at 90% and that's English, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I'm barely good at the one I got. Exactly. <laughs> Simple words. Simple words. Like, I'm the one that I'm trying to write a text message and I can't find the right word to use. Like, oh, this is it's amazing. It's exuberant. I was like, oh, today's good. Right. <laughs> but sorry, no, I just went off tangent there. But the reason why it's important, so things weren't working as well as we wanted it to. And um, like the last moment, the night before the event, we, uh, we were supposed to have these sponsors that were supposed to give us these funds. And they pulled out and we get this phone call that saying you have to come up with this amount of money by tomorrow or X, Y, and Z is going to happen. It's going to be the safety of you getting out of the country. It's going to be about your relationship, the U.S. Embassy and the ambassador coming the very next day. And I'm sitting there in dead of night as my team is sitting next to me sleeping as they have no idea what's happening, getting ready for tomorrow. And at that moment, I get a FaceTime call from my daughter. And she was three years old at that time. And she was super excited. She's like, Daddy, 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 guess what? I'm like, what? Like, what? And uh, she said, I, I drew your picture. And the picture was of me and her holding hands. Aww. Right? And at that moment, I realized that like, she does not care for <laughs> any of this. <laughs> and it was at that moment that I realized, and this kind of goes with you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk about now is this thing about unbranding is, you know, at that moment, she didn't realize I'm not just an entrepreneur, I'm not just an athlete, but I'm also a father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we are going through this entrepreneurship journey, it is these labels that we put around ourselves that says who and what we're supposed to be. And I believe this is actually the number one problem facing the world today is these boxes that we put in around ourselves. Meaning I'm just a CEO of this company. Like, yeah, then what happens when that company goes down? What happens to your identity? Mm-hmm. What happens to you when you're an athlete and you're no longer an athlete? What happens to you when you put these labels around you, or we'll say this, political time, Republican, Democrat, Black, White, whatever it needs to be, not realizing that we have multiple different layers that make us who we are. Yep. Now, why is this important regarding entrepreneurship, success, lifestyle? I'm lucky to travel all around the world and meet with amazing people. And I do this exercise where I help people identify the multiple different layers that makes them who they are, as well as understanding the main driving factors. And for most people, their work, their profession doesn't even come in the top 50% of the things that are important to them. It's usually family, models, beliefs, whatever it needs to be. Now, when we look at success in the world today, we identify success based on what we do between the hours of nine to five, right? You look at Steve Jobs, successful, but if you look at the outside of his life <laughs> and all that other stuff, maybe not so much. But for me, I could judge him and say, well, He's not successful in his other areas, but maybe to him in his lifestyle design, maybe family wasn't in there for him. Maybe his number one was success. And so for me, what I believe the most important factor is what is your lifestyle design as you're creating your company? Identify what is it that's actually important to you and make sure that you're scheduling that into your day because otherwise it will get lost and you realize that you may have gotten to this point in whatever journey you're trying to get to, but realizing that you actually got lost along the way. Yeah, And maybe that's why you're not actually happy as you go through that journey. So the same thing is when I was talking about the Olympics and not getting that, I realized it's not about me getting this particular achievement. It's about the overall journey and how I am in the present moment. Love, love, love that. And that's not like it really hit the fan, like coming up with, and, and, and I, and I love how, you know, your daughter kind of like grounded you through that moment of, Yes, everything is spinning out there, but I don't I don't see all of that. I don't see like dad like all crazy trying to figure out what needs to happen next for this like venture. 
I just want to hold your hand. Like, I just want to, you know, have time with you. And then just kind of grounding and saying like, what really matters here? What's more, what is the most important thing? If I could do, if I had one day left, like how would I spend that day? And just realizing that no matter how much money you have, what venture you're doing. And like you said, just really figuring out what your overall lifestyle is and what it looks like. Because I think a lot of people, just see certain lifestyles and they make assumptions about it right you know you you'll go on social media and you see like the kardashians living a lifestyle you see you know um, mark zuckerberg living his lifestyle oprah's lifestyle and then they just compare compare you know the rappers the uh, um, sports athletes whoever or even somebody in your family and then you're just like oh wow these pictures are so amazing their life is perfect mm-hmm. or oh wow they have so much money their life is perfect but in reality it's like turn off the cameras, turn off the, the videos. It's, it's crazy. And they are, you know, they're on the other end looking at your social media, like, wow, their life is so peaceful. I wish I had that life. And you're here worried about having that other person's life. So I think really, um, narrowing that down is very key and essential. So tell me a little bit now about, um, elite and like why you started that brand. So it's like clothing, customized clothing for athletes, correct? Yeah, so I do. Yeah, I do a lot of different things, and one of them is elite. Uh, we do professional attire for athletes and working professionals. But at the end of the day, we believe that fashion of the future isn't wearing other people's brands, but rather your own. Mm. Um, so it still fits under the kind of like the unbrand is like you create your styles. Why does it yep. have to be a Calvin Klein? Why does it have to be something else? Like I'm wearing something that's 100 me that I created. Oh, that shirt too, right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything I have, everything I oh, wear. Oh, okay. Clothes, jackets. <laughs> Like you can actually work and actually create your own style that represents you. Mm. Uh, we want to move to a model where you can actually make your own and sell your own, right? Because we want it to be like, hey, if you're wearing you, nobody in the world has what I'm wearing. Yep. And this represents me. And it's a sense of confidence when you can walk into the room. Uh, in addition, I do a lot of like strategy consulting as well. So I'm a strategy consultant for a company called The Human Side. Um, we really look, especially in this digital age, um, how does it look to be human in the workplace? Um, and so we find ways about how do we build connections, how do we do leadership development, we're doing work with companies literally all around the world, with Google, with Grubhub, all these different companies about how do we actually help people be more connected and also be the best they can in human development wise. And then also do a lot of speaking and like speaking training as well. But Awesome. Cool. And, and I like that. How can we be more human centered, right? Like, and to even just think of that sounds like weird, like just hearing that, like, wait, so humans aren't being humans. So what are we being? What's happening here? Like that just, robots. that feels, <laughs> we are robots. You know, you clock in, you clock out, this needs to happen. It's the same procedures every day. People are doing things that they literally hate every day and that's it just it doesn't add up or make sense and there's various reasons why people are doing these things but at the end of the day like how do you stay yourself or learn how to become yourself or refine yourself or and define yourself and who you are and what kind of life you want to live versus just punching in punching out like how can you have that what more meaning does that have behind it because we know um you know a lot of like anxiety depression suicide has been happening and though that's the cause of that you know people have a set goal and then you know you'll see like the super successful folks that we assume are like rich and happy and they're the ones that are now in rehab and you know drug rehabilitation and stuff like that and you're wondering like what you have everything i have nothing if only i had that money if only i had those cards like we hear these stories all the time and realizing that you know not because you might have it all material wise means that you have it all internally and again your life might look 
to somebody as like that golden, like the epitome of existence. And you're looking at their life like, if only I had all these things that they have. Yeah, I mean, to touch on that, you know, the hardest person to be, like in a world that everybody's telling you who and what to be, mm-hmm. the hardest person to be in the whole entire world is ourselves. Yep. Right. Um, and the more we are away from ourselves, the more that we are away from our own flow. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm very much in the consciousness. I'm very much into just flow and spirituality. And if we are living to the demands and the expectations of others, we'll never actually be able to be aligned within ourselves. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. So we have come to the end of our interview. So thank you so much, AK, for being here. And as usual, I would love for you to share just one tip, some homework, a piece of advice that you want to leave the audience with. So if they got nothing from this interview, which there was a bunch of gems, so I hope they didn't get (laughs) nothing. But, you know, one thing that you definitely want everyone to remember or to do, you know, give them some homework, some tasks to take home and actually implement in their lives. What would that be? I would say take some time for some self-reflection of understanding your own lifestyle design. Um, you know, we only have this one life to live. And to be honest, tomorrow's not guaranteed. It yep. isn't. As a matter of fact, five minutes isn't guaranteed. <laughs> True. So to take that moment, even within that, whatever goal you have, take some time to take that why steps, like five layers deep. I want to get this, you know, company to do X, Y, and Z. Why? What would that do for you? Cool. Why? What would that do for you? And at the end of the day, you might realize you might already have it. Mm-hmm. So my goal for you know everybody is one, identify your lifestyle design, right? Start living the life that you have. Try to find your way in the flow. And the next part is actually just find people around you that can also keep you on that flow. So that's why I say mentors, people that can understand where you're coming from. But overall, it's that flow and also understand your own lifestyle design and uh, what makes you who you are. Thank you so much for that, AK. Guys, his information will be in the show notes in the comment section. Definitely check out AK and his work. And thank you so much for being here with us on this episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week. Same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing. This has been a Gifted Sounds podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. For more podcasts, please visit giftedsounds.com. Thank you.